Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, am I a bad boss? So as you know, on the show, if you've listened to us for any length of time at all, you know that we talk a lot about hierarchical and non-hierarchical organizations. We talk about situations in which there is explicit granting of authority to people by virtue of the role that they inhabit and the degree to which that does and doesn't happen in different ways of arranging things. And oftentimes people who are granted some amount of authority in an organization are called bosses or really managers. But what we want to explore a little bit here today is some experiences that each of us have had working with people and working with organizations and where things show up where people who are in those roles, who have been granted that positional authority, don't have the best relationship with that concept, and as a result, don't necessarily use that authority in as effective or as humane a way as maybe they could. And so we want to talk a little bit about this idea of being uncomfortable with positional authority. Yeah, I think we all arrive in any given role, but certainly we arrive in adulthood with a great deal of experience with people in authority. And we probably knew some that we thought did a great job. And we certainly, I think, knew someone who we thought really misused and even abused their authority. For me, my third grade teacher comes to mind instantly. <laughs> it was terrible. And yeah, not only did she accuse people of things they hadn't done, but she also meted out consequences that I thought were completely unreasonable. I mean, I just would never, ever want to be that. And based on all of that sum of experiences, we arrive in positions of authority when we have them. And we're going to talk today on the assumption that we're talking about being in a position of some kind of authority, a manager or some other kind of role that has authority with it, with all sorts of biases about what to do with authority. And, you know, some of us arrive wanting to minimize how much we use it. We want to be everybody's friend. That's the most important thing. Exercising power is always terrible, and I'm just not going to do it. Others of us arrive, you know, having experienced really dysfunctional, probably because we were with one of those people who was never going to use their authority. <laughs> and so we go the other way and, you know, sort of more of an iron fist kind of role of I'm going to definitely take the lead. And we mostly don't realize how much we've hit one extreme or the other or or how much our fear of doing it wrong, of being a bad boss, is driving the ways that we do and don't show up and the ways that we do and don't exercise the authority that we have. We've talked before about how differences in power and how authority can affect the relational space, right? It always has an effect on it. Talk back in episodes 105, 106, and 107 about power dynamics and recognizing power gradients and things like that. What we're really kind of pointing here to today is, is even before that shows up in the relational space, it's going to show up in ourselves. And if we can be aware of what our relationship to the concept of authority is and where we are afraid of using it and what we're afraid that might go wrong, we can actually be more conscious about it. We can make better decisions. It can show up in the relational space in a lot more intentional way. Like we can be clear about that. And that's kind of what we want to point to today. Because for example, if, you know, when I was a manager, 
I had a lot of experiences with bad managers prior to that point. So I, I had a lot of baggage coming into it and I was going to do things differently. And, but what it meant also was that the people who I was managing, they'd also had managers before. And so they had experiences there. And so we kind of had to negotiate around like, wait a minute, what is my actual role here? And that was something that was very important to me because no manager had ever done that with me. They'd always just said, well, this is my job and this is what I'm going to do. Whereas I came to it and said, I want to make sure that we're aligned about what my part of this is and what your part of this is. This authority exists in a relationship to get something done, right? And so we had, for example, in that organization, there was a lot of, there was a specific role for managers around performance evaluation and development plans. And I wanted to be very upfront with people. Here's the piece of this that I think is mine that I need to own. And there's the part that I want to do. And here's the part that I need you to own. And once we had that negotiation, because I realized that my fear was I was going to either drive the whole thing or I was just going to sit back and then they wouldn't step into the role, that they wouldn't take care of it at all. Now, I was more concerned that I was going to drive too much because that was the opposite tendency for what I'd seen from a lot of my managers. So trying to be different, I was worried that I was going to over-occupy that. But it was really great because once I recognized I'm worried about driving this too much. So I need to explicitly ask you to step into this process, you know, so that I'm not driving so that I don't just step back and there's a gap left there that really helped us. And so it was a way the things that forced me to do was to think about what am I worried might happen now that I know that, how can I actually talk with the people who report to me and how can we negotiate so that that doesn't happen, but the opposite failure mode doesn't happen either. Yeah. And I think a frame that can be useful for that is, so we're in a space where there's hierarchy. We're in a space where there is authority granted. And the question I want to know is, what's useful about that? Mm-hmm. What's the objective? Why does that need to be there? And if you can think about what the reason or the value of the authority is, then you can begin to craft ways to apply it. So sometimes it's, it's an efficiency thing. We need somebody who's going to make certain kinds of decisions and not have it go through a larger group discussion or have more fingers on it because we want some efficiency about that. I'm in a community with a finance team and I'm encouraging them in the budgeting process to make a list of things that don't get talked about with the community. You know, the internet bill, the electricity bill, the taxes, the insurance, they don't need, nobody needs to take time and energy to have a large group process about that. We need the people in the role to simply make those decisions and say, this is what we're doing. And, you know, there can be room for feedback and so on, but there are things that just need to get done. And with managers, it might be who's going to work on which project might be an efficiency that you want, or it might be everybody leave early today for whatever reason, because that makes sense. Like having that authority turns out to be really valuable. And if you can figure out what your value is and what it is that you're wanting to accomplish, then you can think about how you exhibit that authority in ways that do actually accomplish that. You know, on the other hand, if your role is to support the inner workings of the team, you might want to have a lighter hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) about a lot of things. So just getting very sort of objective focused. And I think one of the things we're really pointing to is this doesn't just naturally flow out of you. Like this is a mm-hmm. thing that as you move into management and periodically along the way, you need to pause and think about what is it that I need to accomplish 
with the authority that I have. And what's going to be hard for me about that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a sign that when you're starting to think about that, you know, like what is the purpose for which this authority exists? That's a sign that you're getting beyond your own individual history, your own individual baggage around it, because that is actually thinking about something that's external to you. I think the other thing that's really important to think about that's external to you is what does the situation that I'm in actually need in terms of the exercise of my authority? So, and if we think about it, for example, in terms of decision-making, we need to decide, I love the example, the finance example that you're talking about here. There are decisions that need to be made. And we could just say that there is one way all decisions get made. And while the purpose is the bills get paid on time, right? We have financial stability, like whatever the purposes for which this work is being done might get fulfilled. Not every bill is the same. Not everything that needs to go through the finance process is the same. If we're always making decisions in the same way, regardless of what the situation sort of looks like, that probably means that we're still caught up in our own baggage. Right, that we're thinking about how we should make decisions rather than what the situation actually needs in terms of decision making. So I think that if we always, for example, think, well, we have to make every decision by consensus, that's probably not because the situation needs it. That's probably because we have some discomfort about making a decision in any other way, that we are not comfortable using authority that we may have been granted by the organization. I might have the authority to say, I can just make this decision by myself. And I go, but I'm not comfortable doing that. So every decision will be made by consensus, right? But if on the other hand, I can say, look, I have the authority to make this decision by myself, but this is actually a decision where we need a broader set of perspectives, where we need more buy-in, where we need the things that consensus will actually get for us. So I'm going to choose to make this decision that way. That means we're probably using our authority in ways that are effective. We're probably not being a bad boss if we're doing that. And similarly, if we're in the situation where I need to make the decision now and inform people later, because that's what the situation actually demands, I'm similarly not being a bad boss. Yeah. So to say that in slightly different words, often one of the most important things for managers to do well is to decide how to decide. Mm -hmm. is to figure out how are we going to make this decision. And that is one of those places where if you do that in too large a group, it goes absolutely sideways and you don't ever get to the work you need to get done. So yeah, I think that variety absolutely is relevant and that you're likely to land on the right side of it if you know what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I just want to second this idea that that internal work of where am I with this? If I'm feeling defensive, if I'm feeling like my authority is being challenged, if I'm feeling high on power, <laughs> if I'm feeling if I'm feeling fearful, if I'm feeling disconnected, those are all clues that something's going sideways and the use of authority is a likely candidate for where things go sideways when there's a hierarchical relationship. So yeah, so I, I think we're basically saying let's stop and think about what power do I have? How do I want to use it? And what's going to be useful in terms of a role, taking into account the baggage that I bring with me, taking into account the goals and objectives and purposes of my role, and taking into account the circumstances that surround me and that my authority works within. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig.
and this has been Employing Differences.